Badlands. Explain those Badlands. That's a hell of a name. Good morning and welcome to the brief on Badlands Media. I'm your host, Patrick Gunnels, and today is February 27th, 2024. Ash in America is off today, but as a reminder, Ash, and she sent me the text, Ash will be back with Fatty Willis at the courthouse, or, or you know, covering it live, at 1.45 p.m. Eastern Standard Time today on Badlands, so don't forget to check that out. In the meantime, let's talk about our first super-duper amazing sponsor, Gold Co. Are you concerned about the $6 trillion at stake in the upcoming 2024 election? The Wall Street Journal has reported a critical issue. The looming decision on extending tax cuts scheduled to expire after 2025. Republicans advocate for extending Trump's tax cuts while the Democrats lean towards letting them expire and increasing taxes on top earners and corporations, potentially creating a massive $6 trillion gap. But fear not. There's a way to protect yourself from this impending threat. Join the thousands of hardworking Americans who are taking proactive steps to safeguard their savings. Visit BadlandsGold.com to claim your free 2024 gold and silver kit and fortify everything you've worked for. You may even qualify for up to 10% back in bonus silver. But hurry, supplies are limited. Don't leave your financial future to chance. Act now, to diversify and shield your savings against the uncertainties ahead. Get your free 2024 gold and silver kit today at BadlandsGold.com and take control of your financial destiny. Let's see, did I get it in time? No, not quite. Trying, trying to read it fast enough to make it so that the video doesn't end until I'm done talking. All right, let's begin with the Badlands News Brief, produced five days a week at Badlands.substack.com by the indefatigable Burning Bright. This one is entitled, Trump Responds, A Banker Dies, and A Ukrainian Tells the Truth. First, Trump versus Willis. Wade cell phone saga continues with new reply from Trump. The fight continues between former President Donald Trump and Fulton County District Attorney Fatty Willis over special prosecutor Nathan Wade's cell phone records, which could potentially provide evidence of the commencement of a romantic relationship between Wade and Willis. Fulton County D.A. Willis and Special Prosecutor Wade are responsible for bringing the Georgia 2020 election interference case against the former president and 18 others last year. Trump's team filed a response with the Fulton County Superior Court on Monday to Willis's denial following their original filing connected to the cell phone records. Both Willis and Wade have testified that they never spent the night together at Willis's condominium in Hapeville. On Monday, a new document was filed with the Fulton County Superior Court presenting Trump's reply to the state's response. The reply begins by stating that the investigator they hired to analyze the records will not be offering any opinion testimony and will only be summarizing the data produced by AT&T in response to a, quote, lawfully issued subpoena and information he gathered regarding cell tower locations. It goes on to cite cases where similar evidence has been used in other cases, including cases in Georgia. Trump's reply then points out that the state's response did not address the analysis of two specific dates. 
If the new evidence from Trump's team is accepted by the court, it will likely extend the evidentiary hearing for Michael Roman, who filed the initial motion accusing Willis and Wade of having an improper relationship and benefiting from the prosecution of Trump and his co-defendants, Fox News. And this one from AJC.com, judge, law partner must testify about Wade's relationship with Willis. A judge has determined that Nathan Wade's former law partner and divorce lawyer must tell the court what he knows about the special prosecutor's relationship with District Attorney Fatty Willis, a decision that could produce more bombshell testimony as defense attorneys seek to disqualify the DA from prosecuting the Fulton County election interference case. Superior Court Judge Scott McAfee's chambers notified attorneys in the case by email late Monday that certain communications Terrence Bradley had with Wade are not protected by attorney-client privilege, according to numerous people who read the email. Bradley could be compelled to testify as soon as Tuesday afternoon. McAfee's decision followed a closed-door meeting between the judge and Bradley on Monday that lasted nearly an hour and 20 minutes. A spokesman for Willis said the DA's office cannot comment except in court. AJC. Our take by Ashen America. Summations are scheduled for Friday, March 1st, in Michael Roman's motion to disqualify Fatty Willis from prosecuting her RICO case. Judge McAfee and Mr. Bradley met yesterday for an hour and 20 minutes to validate his understanding of privilege and determine the next steps for his testimony. Late Monday, Judge McAfee ruled that Mr. Bradley is going back on the stand. Quote, Bradley could be compelled to testify as soon as Tuesday afternoon. McAfee's decision followed a closed-door meeting between the judge and Bradley on Monday that lasted nearly an hour and 20 minutes. When it happens, we'll cover it. Mr. Bradley is still subject to cross-examination following Anna Cross's attempted impeachment. An attempt resulted in Wade-slash-Bradley's privileged defense in this hearing. That loss opened the door to a lot more of Mr. Bradley's story. The elephant's fanny in the room is that this latest evidence and Mr. Bradley's testimony appear to prove that Fatty Willis and Nathan Wade perjured themselves on the stand and in their representations to the court. That is a devastating blow to a hearing intended to assure the court and the public that there is not even the appearance of impropriety in this case. Perjury on the stand is a big deal for anyone. It's a career-ending international scandal in a case where the perjurers are the top prosecutor in the jurisdictional county and the lead prosecutor in the case. The case is already problematic, a novel legal endeavor to persecute, I mean prosecute, a president and others for political speech and association. Go get some popcorn and be sure to pay in cash. Ash in America. It is an absolute disgrace that this case has been brought and these courts must be dissolved. There's no reforming this system at this point. You dissolve it. The fact that Scott McAfee is even presiding over this already means he's corrupt. Next. From Reuters. British, British, he's real British. British banker Jacob Rothschild dies aged 87. British, isn't that great? Yeah, so that's the place he's currently squatting. That's the place his his gangster mafia family is currently squatting, so they call him British. He's not British. British financier Jacob Rothschild, a senior member of one of Europe's best-known banking dynasties, has died at the age of 87. His family announced on Monday, the family 
in a statement to the UK's press association news agency called Rose Shield a towering presence in many people's lives. Now, that's true. He was, quote, a superbly accomplished financier. Is that, is that what they're calling them these days? A champion of the arts and culture, a devoted public servant. You know, these people ought to be prosecuted for writing this. A compassionate supporter of charitable causes in Israel and Jewish culture. A keen environmentalist and much-loved friend, father, and grandfather, the family said. Rothschild, born in England in 1936, started his career at the family bank, N.M. Rothschild and Sons, in 1963, before going on to co-found J. Rothschild Assurance Group, which became today's London-based wealth manager, St. James Place. He was involved in many business endeavors, including founding investment trust RIT Capital Partners, which has backed a variety of companies from hedge funds to clean technology startups. Reuters. Our take. Who wrote the take? Simon Essler. All right, well. Let's see what he says. The Rothschilds are possibly most notable in today's fifth generation global war because they were an international force before globalism was even a popular concept. Because of this, there has always been mythology surrounding their dynasty. They have been navigating the balance between public perception and private power for generations. This explains the awesome memes arising from Jacob's death. Living through the Great Awakening means living through a new embodiment of the mythology surrounding this creepy, dangerous family since they have thrived through the ownership of money itself. The death of a Rothschild patriarch has the power to become a cipher for the continued collapse of the dynasties we have been watching crumble since the early Q drops. Saud, Rothschild, and Soros families being researched and exposed since those early days in 2017 has given us the time to create public awareness around the danger of these family legacies. Give me control of a nation's money, and I care not who makes the laws. Mayor Amschel Rothschild. Look at all the lawlessness surrounding us, the number of cases against Trump being one good example. If the above quote is representative of the philosophy of a cabal losing power, then perhaps all the lawlessness is a good sign. Wherever people like the Rothschilds hold power, the laws are only upheld until they are in the way of one of their many conspiracies. Theoretically, where the people hold power, the laws should hold strong. Lawlessness is yet another sign of hidden rulership in a panic because they have to drop the facade. We should not be naive enough to believe the death of a single member of a dynasty that has held hidden rulership over humanity since the 1700s. Literally means a sudden loss of power for their control systems. But we should enjoy the global awakening that is staunchly against globalism as a frail old cultist and his family's dreams of a new world order fade into obscurity. Simon Essler. Rest in hell, Jacob Rothschild. And just to let everybody know who may or may not be correcting my pronunciation in the chat, I'm pronouncing the name the correct way. And Rothschild is the stupid wrong way. All right, next. Kiev Post. Her chief Budinov says, seems Navalny died of detached blood clot. Kirilla Budinov, chief of the main directorate of intelligence of Ukraine's Ministry of Defense, has said that Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny died of a blood clot. I may disappoint you, but as far as we know, he indeed died as a result of a blood clot. 
And this has been more or less confirmed, as Putin not told journalists, on the sidelines at the Ukraine year of 2024 forum on Sunday. This wasn't sourced from internet, but unfortunately natural causes, he added. Earlier, Navalny's team reported that his body was finally handed to his mother, Lyudmila Navalnaya, after more than a week since his demise in a remote Arctic colony. Navalny, President Vladimir Putin's most prominent critic, died on February 16th in one of Russia's toughest prisons in northern Siberia. He was serving a 19-year sentence on charges denounced by Putin's critics as political retribution for his opposition activity. Kiev Post. Our take. I believe this one is burning bright. Typically, the narrative pillar of the deep state's system of systems operates in perfect coordination with the kinetic, clandestine, and political pillars of the same Hydra-like establishment, codifying and fleshing out deployments for easy and Hegelian consumption within the collective mind in order to advance regime-friendly mandates. Over the last week, the panic within the clandestine arm of the establishment is palpable, with the CIA now being plastered across headlines in the core narrative setters within the media. From the New York Times to WAPO, these deep-dive editorials might be praising the CIA's influence in the Prussian proxy of Ukraine, but they represent narrative retreat along previously held psychological ground. And now, even said proxy is stepping out of line, when it comes to pushing forward the latest in the absurd push of anti-Putin, anti-Russia, Western propaganda, as Ukrainian General Kirilla Budinov has rebuked the MSM's conspiratorial theorizing Re Navalny. Burning bright. You know something, guys? I should probably check the chat. Because one of the things about this... Uh, one of the things about this this plugin to StreamYard is it doesn't show the Rumble rants. And so if you send me a Rumble rant, I can only read it in Rumble. So anyway, yeah. Oh, and the Maggie Bundy. Maggie Bundy, I want to thank you for your $20 super chat from yesterday. It was towards the end and I missed it. And I, you said you basically gave us all the good news. The the Rochelle, the, the Rochelle death, the... Uh, well, other stuff. Oh, and Rana getting getting shit canned. Anyway, everybody smash that thumbs up button for me. Helps enormously in the Rumble leaderboards when you do that. Can't tell you how much it helps, for real. All right, now let's get to our next sponsor, shall we? And our next sponsor, Arrow Tags. I can find that, can't I? Where's that video? Arrow tags. Oh, I must have had to make room for other ones. So hold for processing. Isn't this professional of me to have to do this? Excuse me. Here we go. Aha. Boom. All right. Tired of the endless cycle of buying and tossing those paper tree air fresheners? Enter arrow tags where their dream was to craft a solution to this very problem. Arrow tags are the first ever laser-engraved, resentable car air fresheners made right here in the USA. Born in the maker space of the Cleveland Public Library, Arrow tags is not just a business, it's a revolution, a testament to the American dream. They're not just about freshening your space, but about doing it 
better with a commitment to longevity, aesthetics, and sustainability. Arrow tags are designed to last longer, look great, and reduce waste. Replacing those fleeting scents with something you can count on. Don't forget to grab your Badlands Media Arrow Tag now available. Visit badlandsmedia.tv slash arrow tags, A-R-O-T-A-G-S. And use promo code Badlands for 10% off your order. That's badlandsmedia.tv slash arrow tags. Promo code Badlands. All right, my friends. Next story. From Fox News, RNC Chair Ronna McDaniel to resign after Super Tuesday. Republican National Committee Chairwoman Ronna McDaniel will formally resign her position after the March 5th Super Tuesday primaries, weeks after former President Trump asked her to step down. The announcement comes weeks after Trump revealed his recommendations for changes within the RNC earlier this month. He proposed that North Carolina GOP Chair Michael Watley take over as chairman while his daughter-in-law, Trump's daughter-in-law, Lara Trump, and campaign senior advisor Chris LaCivita also receive leadership positions. Well, that's the real story. Damn. I don't know anything about Michael Watley, but he's having his daughter-in-law freaking take. That's Eric's wife. And campaign senior advisor, Chris LaCivita. These are just recommendations, aren't they? Okay. Quote, it has been the honor and privilege of my life to serve the Republican National Committee for seven years as chairwoman to elect Republicans and grow our party, McDaniel said in a statement. Ronna Romney McDaniel, she's Romney's niece. I have decided to step aside at our spring training on March 8th in Houston. Oh, wow, she's going to be here. Houston instantly becomes dirtier for the presence of any member of the Romney Romney, uh, shithead family. The RNC has historically undergone change once we have a nominee, and it has always been my intention to honor that tradition. I remain committed to winning back the White House, blah, blah, blah. Boy, I hate these people. Electing Republicans up and down the ballot in November, she added before thanking her husband, family, and RNC staff, Fox News. All right. This is Ash's take. Good. Our take. This is long past due, as Rana has driven the GOP into the ground. I'm not complaining, as I think the National Party establishment needs an application of Roundup to destroy the roots and salt the earth. The brazen, elitist, self-interested, and utterly wasteful RNC establishment provides zero value to Republican voters, and the sooner it finally dies, the better. I can't muster the energy to care about who will replace Rana, but I will say that Scott Pressler is the choice if you want to finish it off. He's mini Rana with better hair, and he openly blamed voter behavior for the system issues in South Carolina Saturday. I hope everyone ignores me and votes him in so we can finally move on from the RNC. What did Scott Pressler friggin' do? Hold for processing, guys. All right. Holy crap. Guys, I... I have to read you this this friggin' Scott Pressler thing. I saw it once, now I have to see it again. Okay, so Michelle Backus tells us, voters at Central Ford Elementary in Columbia, South Carolina are telling me they're concerned about their vote 
after poll workers told them the internet is down and they weren't able to scan their ballots. All right, this this video is a minute and six seconds long. Let's watch together, shall we? Killer polling location, can you tell Hey, good morning. We are here at Satchel Ford Elementary in Columbia, South Carolina, where the polls opened at seven o'clock this morning and I'm already hearing concerns from voters. I have one such voter with me right now. He actually just came out and told us that he's having suspicions the internet is down at this particular polling location. Can you tell us what happened when you went inside? Yeah, I filled out the ballot, uh, walked over to the scanner, put placed it in the scanner, and I got an error message. Uh, a male poll worker came over and explained they don't have internet, so I would have to hand fold the ballot and put it in a slot below the scanner. But we have internet right outside the polling Absolutely. location. And there were a number of, well, there was at least uh, five other voters that were just as uh, confused or like, what the heck's going on? They weren't able to tell you anything else on it? Nope. They didn't tell us anything related to uh, when they were going to have the internet repaired or any kind of status reports. Well, thanks so much. To which the disgusting Scott Pressler says, are you telling us that something went wrong on election day? Like what happened in Arizona in 2022? It's almost as if we should be voting early and engaging in an all of the above approach to voting. So this freaking faggot is saying we need to vote harder. This guy should be should be run out of town on a friggin' rail. Screw you, Scott Pressler. Go to hell. All right, that's what I have to say about that. What a scumbag. Stop blaming the voters for the rape. That, that election in South Carolina is now invalid. The end. You have to run it again. Not a single person who comes out of that won legitimately. I don't care if it's Trump. If that shit happens... Done. Election invalid. That's how it works. Scott Pressler, scumbag. All right, next. This is from Zero Hedge. Like a war zone, farmers surround EU headquarters building. The mephitis of manure, melting tires, and malodorous tear gas pervaded downtown Brussels this Monday morning as angry farmers encircled the European Union's headquarters. This protest coincides with a meeting of the bloc's agriculture ministers. The farmers are expressing their anger over the EU's disastrous green policies. Hundreds of Belgian farmers on tractors clog roadways around the European Council building. According to Bloomberg, farmers are angry about bureaucratic hurdles, trade deals, climate-related rules, and efforts to help Ukraine dump cheap grain onto markets. Quote, there is a clear problem with the reduction of the import tariffs for Ukraine and massive imports of grain and poultry, which depresses the prices, said Guillaume Van Binst, Secretary General of the Federation of Young Farmers. Guillaume added, quote, the measures proposed by the commission are very weak and it is more passing the hot potato to member states. Today's protest is the latest in a series of demonstrations by farmers across several EU countries, including France, Italy, and Spain. Blue-collar folks are also furious about imploding incomes and elevated inflation. Zero hedge. Our take from Simon Essler. David Clarinval, Belgium's agriculture minister, stating that aggression has never been a source of solutions in response to the farmers rising up against climate change policies, is hilariously wrong. 
The global collective and aggressive uprising against a globalist consortium running a massive power grab operation using green propaganda and the subsequent policies it demands is 100% correct. In fact, anything less than an aggressive stance against any of these NWO operations will likely fail. Aggression doesn't equal violence. One of the definitions of aggressive is done in a determined and forceful way. The farmers and truckers rising up globally are kick-ass for a reason. They are aggressive. Be aggressively, peacefully, against the NWO. Simon Esler. Are they peaceful to us? They don't seem very peaceful. Just saying. All right, let's talk about, let's talk about, uh, let's talk about angel paste. We've got rose-infused angel paste still available. Just a few more. You go to epicthreads.tv, use promo code BADLANDS to get the best lotion the world has ever known. Just a dime's worth on your hand. Bam. Oh, you feel the hydration entering your skin. Why? Because it contains only nothing else but food-grade plant oils. And in the case of the ones that have like orange or rose, an essential oil that's fully organic as well, which themselves contain massive health benefits. So go to badlandsmedia.tv slash angelpaste, which will take you to epicthreads.tv. You can go there. If you get more than $150 worth, then you get free shipping. Uh, and of course, if you use Badlands, it, it successfully pries $1 from my greedy ass hands. So go to badlandsmedia.tv slash angelpaste. And right now we are taking orders for Sweet orange essential oil infused angel paste. This stuff contains vitamin C, guys. Incredibly powerful detoxifier for your skin. Pre-orders now won't ship till March 8th, but they will be gone before then. Guaranteed we didn't print that. We didn't make that many. All right. Uh, I, and I'm sorry about my salty language about the disgusting crook Scott Pressler, but this is an intelligence asset. And uh, I, I don't, I don't think that he belongs in the public square. Everything about him indicates to me that he just wants to blame the voters for crooked elections. Seriously, guys. Seriously, guys. Fuck that guy. I'm sorry it's so early. What an absolute little criminal. That little freaking, freaking, oh. Blaming the rape victim is the most disgusting thing you can do. And right now, the people are the rape victim. These elections are friggin' invalid. Scott Pressler's invalid. He shouldn't be, he should not be allowed to appear in public. Don't blame the victim. Next, bonus items. U.S. Airman dies after setting himself ablaze outside Israeli embassy and Israel-Hamas war protest. An active duty member of the U.S. Air Force has died after he set himself ablaze outside the Israeli embassy in Washington, D.C., while declaring that he, quote, will no longer be complicit in genocide. The 25-year-old airman Aaron Bushnell of San Antonio, Texas, died from his injuries, the Metropolitan Police Department said Monday. Bushnell had walked up to the embassy shortly before 1 p.m. Sunday and began live streaming on the video streaming platform Twitch. A person familiar with the matter told the Associated Press law enforcement officials believe he set his phone down then doused himself in accelerant and ignited the flames. At one point, he said he, quote, will no longer be complicit in ge genocide, the person said. The video was later removed from the platform, but law enforcement officials have obtained and reviewed a copy, AP News. God forbids suicide. It is a mortal sin. Don't do it, and definitely never glorify it. Next. 
thehill.com. Lawmakers race to avoid looming shutdown as blame game begins. Lawmakers are racing to avoid a partial shutdown by Friday's funding deadline, an effort that grew more difficult over the weekend after leaders failed to reach a deal and traded barbs on who was responsible for the holdup. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, Democrat of New York, announced Sunday that congressional leaders had not yet reached an agreement on compromise spending bills, blaming House Republicans for the delay. But Speaker Mike Johnson shot back, placing the onus on new Democrat demands in negotiations. The Senate reconvenes Monday and House lawmakers are back in Washington on Wednesday, leaving lawmakers just a handful of days to hash out their differences and approve appropriations bills or, if needed, clear another short-term stopgap. Four spending measures are due Friday and the remaining eight must be approved by March 8th. President Biden is hosting the top four congressional leaders at the White House on Tuesday to discuss the upcoming government funding deadline and the Senate passed foreign aid package that is awaiting action in the House. The Hill. Next. Putin responds to NATO chief's vow that, quote, Ukraine will join NATO on war's anniversary. In weekend remarks made on the occasion of the Russia-Ukraine war hitting the two-year mark, NATO Secretary General Jans, I think it's Jans maybe, Stoltenberg, issued some ultra-provocative predictions regarding Kiev's future with the Western military alliance. Quote, Ukraine will join NATO. It's not a question of if, but if, but of when, he said in a video message released Saturday, February 24th, which marked an exact two years since Russian forces poured across the Ukrainian border. In a response the following day, President Putin warned that European countries will, quote, automatically be pulled into a war with Russia if Ukraine is allowed to enter NATO. That's when the Russian leader stressed that in such a scenario, quote, there will be no winners as you will be pulled into this conflict against your will. You won't even have time to blink your eye when you execute Article 5. I don't want it. Zero hedge. NATO is a, crim is a transnational criminal organization. Jans Stoltenberg is an international criminal. They should all be tried for war crimes and punished appropriately. NATO must be dissolved and the United States must free itself from this gang of remorseless criminals who purport to be our elected leaders, and they are not. Thank you for attending the brief today. Sorry for my extreme saltiness about the disgusting intelligence operative sodomite Scott Pressler. So uh, I think he should burn in hell, Scott Pressler. Fight me. All right, guys, thank you for joining us on The Brief. Uh, this show is, we do the show every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Central. And uh, you can always follow, and it follows, of course, with uh, Badlands Daily. And today is, today's Tuesday, right? So that would make it, I don't freaking know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who's on it. I never do. I know Chris Paul is on Friday. I know that that I'm sometimes on Thursday. But it's awesome. Great show. Check it out. This one's running short, so make sure to smash that thumbs up, guys. I made it go short today because I have got like three crates of angel paste that I need to take to the post office, and I want to get it like ASAP. It's okay, so it's absolute 1776, and I assume CanCon. So there we go. Check it out. Guys, thank you so much for watching, and I will see you next time.
Thank you so much for joining us, and don't forget to hit the thumbs up on this video. And a special thank you to all of our advertising partners. Please remember to shift your dollars to support those businesses that support Badlands Media.